Today, um, I want to welcome my daughter, Aubrey, back. Aubrey, come on up, Bob's. Aubrey, yeah. Aubrey has been, um, for the past six months or better, she's been with an organization called Youth with a Mission, which is YWAM. And uh, she uh, spent time, and I'm not going to tell anything about it. I'm going to let her speak at all. But we've asked her to speak for the next 15 minutes to three hours, um, depending on what she's got, um, about what her experiences were um, in YWAM and where she traveled on our mission outreach. So, and then after, we're, after we get done, after Aubrey's uh, little visit, little presentation, we want to pray. And I want to pray for Aubrey, and I want to pray for all those that her team ministered to on her mission outreach. So, Aubrey, amen. Hello. Starting my stopwatch, so I see where I'm at here. Um, You can do that. (laughs) Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you um, for everyone here that has um, supported me either financially or, uh, more importantly, through prayers. We really felt your prayers when we were in Nepal um, and just throughout the whole experience. I, it was so comforting knowing that I had a, a church family back here as well as family that was just lifting me up in prayers and my team up um, because as you'll see later on, there were some pretty crazy uh, situations we found ourselves in and just having you guys back me up was uh, un, unreal and I just thank you so much for that. So um, I'll just kind of start by explaining a little bit about why we am youth with the mission. Um, I was at the, the main base, which is in Kona, Hawaii, um, and see, these are just some pictures. That's the, the flags of all the nations that they've been to. Um, and so it starts off with three months of lecture phase, where uh, I was a student, and then we had staff. Um, and our typical days were we'd have Bible study from eight to nine in the morning, then we'd have lecture phase or lecture time from noon, or 9 to noon, have lunch. That was our classroom. It was all out, outdoors, beautiful, never rained. Um, and so we would just learn different things about God, about his character. We had speakers fly in. Okay, stop for a second. Um, we had speakers fly in from all over the world. We had New Zealand um, speakers just come and share um, different aspects of of God, how to hear from God, and how to just disciple people, and how to go back out into the nations, and um, yeah, so just our hearts for the nations began to uh, just grow within that lecture phase, and then about a couple weeks into being in Hawaii, we were asked to... um, pick where we would like to go. They presented 11 different countries of where they were sending teams, and they said, you have 20 minutes, pray, um, ask the Lord to give you clarity and wisdom, and pick your top three choices, and turn in the little piece of paper, and you're free for the day. And so at that point, I was kind of expecting a couple days to kind of process and pray about where uh, I wanted to go, but 20 minutes went real quick, and... um, I honestly, I was like, I have no idea where the Lord wants me to go. I didn't really have any clarity of where to go, and so I just said, okay, Lord, I trust you. And the first three that popped into, or that stuck out to me when they went through uh, the listings were Nepal, 
Brazil, and then China. Um, and so a week later or so, they, they picked our teams and they formed us. And so this is um, a picture of, of our team. Um, and we right away just grew so close to each other, just loved each other. Um, yeah, and just were inseparable, really. Um, and so also, there is um, my dad. Uh, thanks for letting him come out and join me. I had a little freak-out moment where I realized that I was going to be in another nation um, for three months, and I wasn't going to see family for until December, and quick called my mom and dad and said, you need to come out here. I need to see family. And uh, thankfully, they just he flew right on out. So um, that was awesome. Harvey, let me just say something here, because this is so important that that trip out there I thought was for you, but in all honesty, it was for me and for this church. Mm-hmm. What I picked up in that week, it changed me. And so I can understand how it's changing you. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I should have started with this. The whole reason I went out to YWAM, uh, well, first of all, I felt the Lord calling me, and so I was going to be obedient. And second of all, I just, I wanted, um, I wanted my own faith. You know, being grown up in such a spiritually inheritance rich family um, through great grandparents, grandparents, parents and siblings and um, I just wanted I wanted to experience God on my own. I wanted to experience him in a new way that um, would be special to me in a way that only uh, yeah that I would get through this experience. So that was my main thrust for reasons for why I wanted to go to YWAM. So um, Getting into Nepal, this is us the morning we departed. It was like 3.30 in the morning. Um, it took us, you can go through the next few, Jen, just I think a couple. We traveled for 42 hours. It was ridiculous, um, but it was, it was fun. And so we get to Nepal, and the back picture, or the picture before that was just kind of how um, we traveled. I mean, you just put all your stuff up top and we all crammed into that car all nine of us um those are some great great rides he got close real quick <laughs> to everyone no seatbelts no on the uh, the the taxis would a little bit and that made us nervous if they would put seatbelts on we knew that we needed to hang on and pray um so this next picture is we when we got to nepal we partnered with an already uh local missionary group there, Iris Ministries. Um, And so we were just kind of going through orientation, and these ministry partners, they went with us everywhere. They did, we did ministry with them. They kind of were, they were our contacts. And, stop, and um, they, they would set up different places for us to go and different, um, You'll see in a second different treks that we went on or hikes through the Himalayas and just different ministry throughout the city. We lived in Kathmandu, which is the capital of Nepal. Um, And so the picture before this was just kind of, um, that was a Himalayan mountain. I don't know where or what specific one. But um, so, yeah, we just see those everywhere that we looked. And it was just, that was beautiful. The city was dirty, uh, trash everywhere. so if you go ahead a little bit. That was the um, view from our house. We lived um, 
in a house on the bottom floor was our translator and his wife. And then we had a floor, and we had a guy's room and a girl's room. We each had a separate bathroom, and then a fun room or a, a team room. Um, and so this is just, yeah, different views of the city that we just kind of walked. We walked everywhere. Um, yeah, you can keep going through a little bit. That was seriously how we had to just walk places. People weren't going to stop for you. I got hit by a scooter one time, but it was fine. Um, yeah, you know, you just got to keep walking. Okay, so this is the morning of our trek. So we landed in Kathmandu on a Friday or on a Thursday. On a Friday, we went into the big shopping city and bought all of our stuff for a trek. And then the next day, we took go have a 16-hour bus ride which was um, no shocks. The roads don't exist. It's potholes everywhere, dirt. So we're like bouncing the entire time trying to like not get sick as we're getting ready to go trekking through the Himalayas for two weeks. Um, so I mean, it was, it was fun. We played fun bus ride games and no sleeping. We tried to sleep, but you just were tossed everywhere. Um, so then we get to this airport and we are taking a little airplane. You can go one more, I think. Um, oh, that's the instruction manual for the airplane in ca- case if there's an emergency. So that gives you an idea of how uh, high-tech the plane was. So that's the picture of our plane. It's a 16-passenger plane. There are 17 of us going. And so we are flying through the Himalayas. Um, there were times that you wondered if we were going to hit the mountains you know, to the right or left of us because we were flying so close to them. Um, and go back. And um, yeah, so that's inside of us or inside the plane. And we get in there. And first of all, one of my teammates, um, his dad is a is a pilot, and so he was all ready. And then all of a sudden, he saw like the the gear for the plane because the cockpit is open. And um, he he kind of hears it start up, and he goes. We all need to be praying. And so having him kind of freak out kind of freaked everyone out. Um, and so we, again, were, were praying and we were, you know, took off and we were just flying through the Himalayas and not really sure if we were going to make it. And then all of a sudden, one of the Iris team members looks out and she goes, guys, there's a rainbow around our plane. And I was like, a rainbow? And, of course, I'm looking up in the sky, like, trying to find, like, an arc. And they're like, no, look down in the clouds. And so we looked down, and that, I mean, is not enhanced at all. Um, There was an actual rainbow surrounding the shadow of our plane through the clouds. Uh, We ended up calling it the glory glory plane, um, and instantly we just felt just a peace that the Lord was was with us. He's brought us to this place, um, and, yeah, he's not going to leave us. He's going to protect us, and... We had nothing to worry about, and so for the rest of that plane ride, we were just excited about what this trek was going to be like and the villages and the people that we were going to meet. And so, you can go ahead. So that was like the plane. I don't know. It was crazy. Um, And so we land on, I think, one more. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, So that's the runway. You can't really see it too well, but, um, I mean, it, they had just paved it before it was going to be dirt. And so they had just paved it, so it was, I mean, you landed right into the side of a mountain, basically. Um, but the landing was great. We get out, and um, you can flip through. 
we had been to a place that they'd never seen white people before, and so we always had quite the attraction there. Um, yeah, that's our, our tour guide. And so we were told that this was going to be a two-day trek to the village that we needed to get to. So we are trekking along, and on the second day, our guide goes, you know, it actually is probably going to take us three days. And we're like, okay. Um, and so on the third day, we're still trekking, and he goes, actually, we're probably not going to get there till tomorrow. And so this, what was supposed to be a two-day trek turned into four days just to get to our village. Um, and that trek was, again, the Lord just protected us. I mean, we had to walk over things like that with, you know, just the river below us. Um, there was just, there were some crazy moments. We actually had one person fall off the mountain, but luckily there was a bush there that caught him or he would have been in the river. So it's just, I mean, it was beautiful. It was hard, but uh, I, I loved every second of it. So this is, that's one of the villages that we went to. When we got to our village, um, we would show what they called the Jesus film every night, and that is just the Gospel of John in Nepali. So we would have our translators with us, and after the movie, our translators would get up and just kind of share real briefly what the gospel was. And if, um, you know, we asked if anyone wanted to, to receive Jesus right there, and then they would raise their hand. And, I mean, we saw hundreds of thousands of salvations. Um, and then afterwards they were like, or we just said, do you, you want any prayer, any, any headaches, or anything that you want to be healed from? And um, we would just have an awesome time of ministry there, healings left and right. Uh, we had headaches gone, stomach pains gone. Um, some unbelievable ones were we would hear, hear mute talk for the first time, deaf would hear, blind would see. I mean, I felt like I was living the book of Acts, but that was just, uh, I, I'm changed just from seeing those uh, miracles, really. And after every time you would just say, you know, Jesus healed you. It wasn't us. It wasn't anything that I said, anything that, um, that I prayed. But Jesus really healed you. He loves you. And, um, yeah, so you can just flip through a few more. And so that was, we spent about five days in that village, and we would travel each night to different villages. Um, that was outside of our room or our house that we stayed in. Um, and, again, these people, oh, yeah, we've had some great toilet stories. Um, but the Nepali people are just so, so warming and welcoming. We would show up when we're trekking, and our tour guide would be like, we have 17 people. Can you feed us and house us for the night? And they'd be like, absolutely. It'll take us a couple hours to get the food ready, but, of course, they can stay in our room or anywhere. So um, just keep flipping through. Yeah, these are just – and so people would come to our – to where we were staying and just asked for prayer because they would hear that um, people were being healed. And so there's one of our translators just kind of sharing the gospel to some boys. And, um, yeah, it was just unbelievable. So just keep going. Some of the kids, the kids were awesome. They, none of them spoke English, but they would just, if you just played soccer with them or anything, they just loved you and they just were so drawn to you. Yeah, so we just saw so many awesome things. Yep, had to share roads with this sheep there. You'll see in a couple more pictures. And the kids, I mean, they they loved you. They didn't care 
anything. They would just come up and give you a hug and just they just wanted to be loved on. And so there we had to wait for the cattle to go by and that slowed us down. We were sleeping on roofs instead of being in room with mice, which happened often too. Yeah, so when we got back to Kathmandu, we had to trek another four days out to get back. But since we were living in the city and with Iris, they had a children's home that we worked with. And so we would do soccer with them, throw them birthday parties. Um, just that's the view from the top of their their house in the city. Um, we harvested rice with them. So we just kind of loved on these kids, were there as much as we could be, would help them with homework after school, although we weren't much help because it was all in Nepali. It was more of just moral support, like stay in school, good job. Um, yeah, it was, and these kids, these kids spoke English, and so we were able to communicate a little bit more with them. Um, but again, they just wanted to be loved on, and they were some of the sweetest kids uh, that, that I've met. Yeah, so then we would do other ministries in the city. We would go to slums and, again, just kind of share the gospel, pray for people. Again, just God moved in so many ways, so many healings, uh, even in the city. This is just, yeah, the places that we've been. We went to temples and prayed outside of temples. And um, actually there's a picture of one lady that we prayed for, and she was blind in her right eye. And we were praying, and she just nothing was happening, nothing was getting better. And so then we asked her, this lady right here, we asked her, you know, do you, do you know Jesus? Do you know who Jesus is? Um, and she said no. And so we just kind of explained the gospel to her real quick, obviously through translators. And we said, do you want to accept him right now? And she said yes. And um, as soon as she accepted Jesus, we prayed one more time for her healing, and it was instantly um, better. And uh, so that just was awesome for us to see. Um, and so this is going into Tibet. I don't know if you can see. Mount Everest is uh, in the back, one of the peaks. I don't know. Um, sure, that one. Um, and so just stop for a second. I'll explain that. Um, we, had, we were praying about what to do uh, for the remainder of our trip. And our leaders felt that the Lord was saying to go to, into Tibet. Now, Tibet is occupied by China, and so we had to go through the Chinese to get visas and all of this. And, um, I mean, that was just going to be hard to pull off in, in such short notice. And also, we needed to raise another $10,000 for us to, to go in. We had to go in on a tour. And so the first testimony from Tibet was within less than a week, we received all of the money. Um, and so that was just huge confirmation that, yes, this is what we're to do. This is what the Lord's calling us to do. And so we're going to go. Um, and so we went into Tibet. Um, I mean, Tibet was pretty intense. There are Chinese guards everywhere. Uh, you go through security checks at every point. They had armed militia just marching the streets. Um, yeah, basically just, they wouldn't let you go places, and um, yeah, so just stop for a sec. Um, so our main ministry there, because we couldn't be outspokenly Christian 
if we mentioned God or anything, I mean, we could get in trouble, go to jail, whatever. Um, and so the main part of what we would do is we would go to these Buddhist temples and we would just do prayer walks. Um, our tour guide knew we were Christian. He was okay with that. And so the biggest testimony from, from Tibet was we were in, actually go back one, um, in that temple. And that's the biggest temple in Tibet. Um, and I don't understand all the Dalai Lama and Buddha people or whatever, but um, our tour guide explains it to us, and that was where the biggest Buddha shrine was or gold uh, idol of Buddha. And so we were just kind of walking through, and it was really intense. It was heavy. You could definitely feel the, the spiritual warfare there. And so we had finished walking through it, and um, we stopped in a little hallway, and we asked our tour guide, we said, can we, can we pray really quick? Like, I know we're not really supposed to, but we just want to seal everything that we've prayed for. And, um, and he was like, yeah, okay, I guess so. And so there were, this was the one place that there were no cameras and no guards at that present time. And so we just kind of huddled up and just kind of prayed um, for the Lord to just seal what we had prayed and what um, had happened there. And as we were praying, one of our teammates uh, asked our tour guide, some people were walking through, and he said, can you ask this man if he has a pain in his knee? And our tour guide kind of looked at him and was like, okay, and asked him, and the, the man said yes. And Isaac said, Do you, can you ask him if um, he wants Jesus to heal him? And, um, I mean, that was pretty bold to say there. And But, again, our tour guide translated that and said, and the guy said, okay. And so Isaac prayed, and instantly the guy was healed. And just the look on our translator's face of he's Buddhist and just realizing, like, oh, he's healed. Like, what? And so that opened the door to crazy things, um, not only in our translator's life, but also within, like, 30 seconds, we had gathered a crowd of 30 or more people um, I don't know where they came from, but all of a sudden we look up and there's just people and they are like grabbing our hands, like putting it on their head or on their stomach or on their arm and shoulders just for healing. And we didn't even have time to like say prayers and that's just how awesome God is, is we'd just be like, be named or be healed in Jesus' name and they were healed. And you would instantly see like joy in their eyes and just you could tell that they were healed. Um, and, I mean, it was hard because each of us were praying for so many different people that we couldn't really, you know, tell them that it was Jesus that healed them. It wasn't us because our translator couldn't translate for all of us. But um, and we, we did our best, and we trust that the Holy Spirit will tug on their hearts. Um, but, and so we probably prayed for people for about five minutes, and then our, our translator started getting nervous because obviously this is, totally not allowed and he would get in a lot of trouble and um, so he, he looked at our leaders and said we need to move we need to go and um, so of course we like instantly were walking but people were still pulling at us you know trying just to, to get prayer but we had to walk and right as we walked out there was a bunch of guards that walked through us and then from behind us more guards just came through and so again that just shows that God's protection was all around us he was either blinding them or just not letting them see what was going on because we were inside the monastery, inside the Buddhist temples, and um, that's just, that's not allowed. 
Um, and so we just we did that through all the temples um, that we went to. And um, again, just awesome things. And so then this is all of the luggage that I brought back. It was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, you can just go through getting home. Awesome. Um, so with that, um, you can stop at this one for a second. After coming back from Nepal and just kind of processing everything and even back when we were in Kona before we came home, uh, I just so clearly felt the Lord saying, come back, um, come back to Kona, not necessarily Nepal, possibly Nepal, um, but come back to Kona and staff the next school. Um, and I had been approached by different leadership within YWAM, and they had said the same thing, like, we really feel like the Lord's wanting you back here. We want you back here. Pray about it and let us know. Um, and it was an easy choice. So, with, you know, I made up my mind, and um, I will be going back in April, from April to December, doing the same thing. The first three months from April to June, I will be training um, or leadership track, which is staff training. And then I will be leading students uh, the, the three months in Kona and then also leading a team to the nations. Again, not sure where that's going to be yet or anything, but um, as a way to support myself for that, uh, I bought a bunch of Nepal jewelry from an organization that we worked with called Beauty for Ashes. And they are women that had been rescued from human trafficking. And yeah. And um, what's so special about these women is they, they all have HIV or AIDS. And in Nepal, employers will not hire you if you have that disease. Um, they just have a big stigma against it. And um, a lot of these women, it's not their fault. They, had, they were sold into the slavery or... Um, yeah, stolen and put into it just to, to get money. And so the women that have been rescued from it, um, they would go through a rehab program and learn different skills. But again, people wouldn't hire them. And uh, so organizations like this started up, and they are employing the women and giving them um, basically a second chance at life. And so as a way to bless them and to bless this ministry that we worked with, um, I bought a bunch of jewelry wholesale and I'm bringing it back here and selling it as a fundraising effort for me to go back to Kona, back to staff. Um, and so in the next room uh, during potluck, I have tables set up that have the display jewelry that I'm selling, and then I also have inventory. So if you like a piece, you can just let me know, and I'll get you an inventory part or piece that I have in another bag. Um, but again, this jewelry isn't only blessing me, but it's blessing the ladies that have made it. And um, just a good reminder for, you know, when you wear the piece, just to pray for Nepal and pray for um, the ladies that have been rescued from, from the industry. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, that's... Um, that's the prayer room in Kona. And so just seeing, seeing people still on fire for the Lord and just surrendering everything and giving everything up, there's nothing like it. And, uh, I mean, I ache to go back there as much as I love being home and love being with family. 
didn't expect Christ. But the Lord is moving so much there. And just being a part of bringing the word to the, to the nations, there's nothing like it. So, I'm excited to go back. I don't know how long it's going to be, but the nations definitely has an impact on, on my heart and just seeing, seeing God move in, in crazy ways. is uh, There's nothing like it. And so I seriously encourage all of you kids, youth, if you don't know what you're doing after school, come out to YWAM. I mean, what's better than running hard after, after the Lord with people in a community that love you and that are just supporting you and that, uh, yeah, that will challenge you and just, you will never be the same. You won't be the same. And it's just, it's awesome. Um, so thank you again for, for your prayers and your support and, um, yeah, just for, for being obedient to the Lord, um, however that looks. So, Amen. This is that, uh, I think you remember when I got back, I told you that I, my first night there that I couldn't sleep while you got like whatever, and I walked up, and this was a 24-hour prayer room that Aubrey has a picture of. Now, it's not always filled that full 24 hours a day, but that was the time I went in at 3 in the morning, or people in there praying. You got me crying. But I'll tell you, folks, it's a life changer. And uh, like I said before, I thought I went out there for Aubrey. And indeed, I came back for me. I mean, I got it. It was, it was all about what the Lord wanted to do in my life. And I believe what he wants to do in this church and in this, this country. It, it is a changer. It, it, cha- it wrecks the lives of those kids. And that week I was out there, they would say it over and over again. When you go back, this is going to wreck you. You're never going to be the same. You can't experience, how can, how can anybody experience the miracles that they've experienced in a country that is hungry for God, that doesn't even know about God, doesn't even know the name of Jesus, and they're so hungry to be healed. And then we come back to America, this over-churched. Wow, it's a real challenge. I want to just take some time, and if you would come up, and let's just pray I want to pray for Aubrey, but more importantly, I want to pray for those people, that all those pictures we saw, all those people that they were healed, maybe they didn't get a full grasp. Come on up if you would. Maybe they didn't get a full grasp of who this Jesus is. But like Aubrey said, let's pray the Holy Spirit will place in their heart. Understand also, of course, we're very proud of Aubrey. But this is a child who was determined all her life to do whatever she wanted. And it took strong parenting and a combination of parenting styles to keep that challenged. This was also a girl who's a light sleeper and a picky eater. And someone who likes to be around a lot of family all the time. So that immediately put her out of her comfort zone when she accepted Um, the call in her life. Amen. So let's just gather around Aubrey, and we're just going to pray for Aubrey, pray the Holy Spirit through you. Let's just pray for all those people that she touched. 
And let's just pray God's blessing in every person, every entity that was touched in Nepal. Amen. Lift your voice and pray with me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name. Oh, Holy Spirit, we thank you for the doors that were opened for Aubrey and for all those other thousands of kids and young people and older folks that have gone through this organization. And for uh, Cody um, Frazinski right now, who is in China. Right now, he's going through the same experience that Aubrey went through, Lord. And, and I just pray, God, I pray for that your Holy Spirit would touch people. Lord, let's go back to Aubrey's example here. Lord, for every one of those Nepalis and those Tibetans that were touched by you, Holy Spirit, we pray that you continue to stay with them. Do not leave them abandoned. Oh, send other people, Jesus. Send other people, Lord, that would just go to them. Lord, that would, that would continue the work. Lord, the seeds were planted. Lord, the gospel was spread. And now I pray that his disciples would come and disciple those people and would, and would lead them on to a full knowledge of salvation, a full knowledge of, of healing. Lord, that when, when the day comes, when Aubrey's in heaven, and Lord, that there will, people, there will be people walking down the streets that will see her and say, Hey, I knew you. You were the one. You were the one that shared the gospel with me. For because of you, the blonde-haired little girl, because of you, I'm in heaven today. And Lord, I pray blessing. I pray people. I pray stories about all of those team leaders and all those people that were there in those countries. God, I pray your blessing and I pray your provision and I pray your protection in Jesus' name. And Lord, now we pray for the future. God, we pray for Aubrey's direction in the future. God, we pray, Lord, that you would just continue to lead her in her direction of where she's going to go and who she's going to lead. Give her wisdom beyond her years. Give her knowledge beyond her capability, I pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for Cody right now in Jesus' name. God, we pray that you would just protect Cody. Lord, he's in a closed country. Lord, it's a dangerous position where he's in. And I pray, God, you would protect that team of young people. God, I pray that you'd protect Cody. Give him, give him uh, your direction. Give him your provision. Give him your protection, I pray. God, bring him back safe. Lord, give him back. You bring him back with a, with a mighty testimony, I pray. Check his life. Wreck his life, God, I pray in Jesus' name. And for all those others that are involved, we thank you, Father. We thank you and we give you praise. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So much for your stopwatch. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, um, I'm not going to preach today um, because we only have 10 minutes. But more importantly, I really felt a check in my spirit anyways. I had a message all prepared, and um, I believe it was a good message, but I believe the Lord was changing it anyways. And I really what I want to do is I want to set the stage for 2013 for our church. You know, I, I look at this is an opportunity, a real privilege every Sunday to be able to come and be with you people, to be in this church. You, you come volunteer. Nobody forces you. Nobody makes you come to this church or any other situation that we're in. And it's a real honor and it's a real privilege for me to be a part of leading this church. But what I feel the Lord asking us through the next months is that when we look at church that we maybe change our focus of what church is about. Church is not just a club, not just a group of people to come in and fellowship on Sundays. 
But church is really a slice of future. It is a slice of time that if we take the proper perspective, that we can see a little bit of heaven on earth. Because I know how hard it is in the worlds that you live in. You go to school for the young people. You go to secular jobs for those that are working. For those that are retired, you have your own set of issues. For grandparents, you have your own issues. We walk into a pretty dark world six days of the week. And the opportunity that we have for an hour and a half or two and a half hours if you come to Sunday school on a Sunday is really a very short amount of time throughout your week. And really what I feel the Lord putting on our heart here is to take advantage of this time and to change the focus of me as a person and you as a person into seeking the glory of Jesus. And that we would come here and say, Father, I honor you this morning, and I just want all of Jesus I can get. That we come here as a time of refreshing, a time of relaxation, a time of recharging our spiritual batteries, so to speak, a time that we would just allow God to fill us and to minister to us and to just embrace him and to make it all about Jesus and really make him the center point of our lives and to live that way all week long. And that Sunday would be a time where we could kind of recheck ourselves. Maybe we need to come in and get a little recharge or a little boost or maybe a little minor course direction change, a little tweak here and there. That's what Sundays are meant to be. And I just really feel impressed. I know, I, I know that I make mistakes, and I know that sometimes I get exuberant, and sometimes I get a little emotional, and I don't want to drive people. I just want to encourage people that we would constantly keep Jesus at the forefront of our life, and that we constantly keep a long-term focus on why we're here. We're here to glory Jesus, to give him glory. We're here to prepare for heaven. We're here to prepare for our future and how great that is and how grandiose that's going to be. Now, in all of that, we're going to stay deep. You know the old song, Deep and Wide? Deep and Wide, Deep and Wide. Okay, all that, that song. I can't sing it very well. Jack, you could sing it better than I could sing it. But, you know, I was with a, a pastor down in my, my best friend, Pastor Ken Shelton, in, down in Brighton this past week. And... Um, we're seeing more and more of churches. The churches that are going deep are not the ones typically that are going wide. It's, you know why? It's because we're in the last days. Biblically, prophetically speaking, we're in the last days. And there is so much opposition against going deep into God. And therefore, the, ones, the churches that are going wide are going shallow. And that's not bad unnecessarily, as long as at some point in time they can get into a deep relationship with God. I want our church to go deep, and I want it to go wide. I want to fulfill the little song that we sang, Deep and Wide, so that we go deep into the gospel, that we go deep into the teaching of God's Word, 
that we go deep, that we don't cheapen God's word to go wide, that we stay focused on Jesus, that we teach the Bible, that we preach the Bible, that we, that we focus on living the Bible in the truth that it is. And the truth can be hard sometimes, and the truth can be challenging. So as we come in through the Sundays of 2013, we want to focus on praise and worship, maybe like we haven't before. We want to go back and we want to get that first love in us again. We want to fan the flame that Peter or that Paul talked to Timothy. We want to, we want to encourage ourselves, encourage ourselves in Jesus. And then we want to spend time in his word to get good, solid instruction so that we can live obediently into his word. If you love me, Jesus says, you obey me. How do we obey unless we're told? How do we obey unless we know what we're to be obeying? That's the part of the teaching. So that's my focus. That's where I'd like to go in 2013. And I hope that everyone is okay with that. And, and that's where we're going to go. And that's where I pray that we can go deep and wide. And I would love for you to bring your friends. I would love for you to save your friends. You go into the highways and the byways and you proclaim the gospel as Aubrey and her team was doing in Nepal and live your life in front of your friends so they get saved out there then come in here for discipleship. Come in here for fellowship. But let's just live our life that way. Amen? Everybody okay with that? Lord, as we prepare for our future here for the next number of months, assuming that you haven't returned in that meantime, God, as you will it, Lord, we just prepare our hearts for 2013 and we pray your mercy and your grace. We pray, Father, that we would live a life that is honoring you. We pray, God, that you would show us your will in our life. God, so that we could walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to you, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That you would strengthen us with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who qualifies us to share an inheritance in the saints of light. God, that's our prayer. That's our prayer, Father, that we would understand and gain more from you every day. Help us, we pray. In all of this, we give you the glory. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.